Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul thirsts again this morning. Lord, thank you for the privilege to worship the King of Kings, to worship the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Lord, to worship the God who is good, whose mercies endures forevermore. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, because this is the day that you have made. Lord, you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. And so, Father, we say thank you for the blessings of today. We thank you for the grace of today. Lord, for the glories of today. Lord, we say be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. As we come this morning, we ask, Lord, that your name will be exalted. We ask this morning that your name be lifted high. We ask this morning, Father, let your name be magnified in the mighty name of Jesus. Once again, as we read your word, we ask, grant us wisdom and understanding as we read it and help us learn in your presence and let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue reading the book of Second Second Corinthians. Today, okay, we'll take two chapters. Like I promised, we should be through with this in about six days. Um, yesterday, we took three chapters. So this is day three, day three of the book of Second Corinthians. Today, uh, we take Second Corinthians chapter six and seven, and then in the next um, um, two two days, uh, which two the more days, we should be through with the book. Uh, in chapter six and seven, Paul emphasizes this part. Okay, before talking about the fact that we are temples of God, Paul talks about the fact that look, he has a different perspective to to the punishment and all the beatings that he had received okay so let's see let's see his perspective to all of the pains that he had gone through next paul tells us the fact that look we are the temples of the holy spirit and that has implications if you know about the whole testament that has huge implications huge implications for the way we live our lives implications for the way we even carry ourselves well please get your bibles let's read together this morning second corinthians chapter 6 and 7 as god's partners we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of god's kindness and then ignore it it is god's gifts god's gifts of kindness god's gift of of his love the all of it is a gift okay paul says accept this marvelous gift don't ignore it this is for god says at just the right time i had you on the day of salvation i helped you okay that's isaiah chapter 49 verse 8 like i said um a lot of paul's letters okay paul is explaining most often time the book of isaiah heavily okay reliant on the book of isaiah says here at just the right time i had you 
on the day of salvation i helped you and paul is saying that 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 time and that day is now jesus has already come so there's no need waiting for a messiah that is going to come from from somewhere the next time that anyone is going to see the messiah come he will be coming in the clouds it will be coming in glory and it will be a time for judgment so accept jesus now today is the right time is this indeed the right time is now today is the day of salvation hallelujah now paul talks about his hardship he says we live in such a way that no one will will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministries and i'm telling you that is the responsibility not just of every minister of god anyway all of us are ministers um but every child of god has this responsibility to live in a way that your life does not cause other people to stumble okay paul says we live in such a way that no one will stumble by our actions by the things that we are doing if my actions are leading other believers to backslide to stumble okay i want to be very careful about that it says in everything we do we show that we are true ministers of god we show that we are true minister for ministers of god we patiently endure troubles and hardship and calamities of every kind patiently paul says we have been beaten been put in prison faced angry mobs walked to exhaustion endured sleepless night and gone without food we prove ourselves by our purity our understanding our patience our kindness by the holy spirit within us and by our sincere our sincere love we faithfully preach the truth god's power is working in us we use the weapon of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense okay so that's so loaded and packed Paul is saying that look we have gone through all of this because we realize that God is using us as an example okay God is using us as an example and God is using our lives to show you guys okay for you to see that look it doesn't matter what we have gone gone through God is showing us off as true ministers true ministers of his faithfulness and i'm praying for you this morning your life will paint the message that god is a faithful god people will see you and everything that you have been through your life will be a testimony a testimony that god is faithful that god is gracious that's the first thing that paul is talking about through the endless you know uh, sleepless sleepless nights they endured and all of the exhaustion and the, the angry mob pauses we proved ourselves by our purity okay we lived right we lived correctly and god was presenting us as an example for others to see and we blessing to others hallelujah paul then says that we use the weapon of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense okay so the weapon of righteousness i realize and the word of god in general are the only weapons that you have for both attack and defense as a child of god righteousness is both for your attack 
and defense. So this is how I see it. Righteousness gives you the right to be able to attack, to be able to speak against the devil, to be able to confront principalities and power, to be able to confront situations. Unless you are in right standing with God, you will not be able to, you know, okay, to intervene in some of those situations or speak into a situation. But it is also important for your defense. Okay, the devil will not be able to attack you. How do we know this? Look at the life of Job. When the Satan came and told God, look, I know that you you have built an edge around him. It was the righteousness that God imputed on Job as a result of the fact that Job was a righteous man. Okay, at least in the Old Testament. So you must always remember that righteousness is both, both for attack and, and for defense. Okay, so then we should take our righteousness seriously understand that our righteousness is in christ okay our righteousness is in christ and we must work with that understanding it says we serve god whether people honor us or despise us whether they honor us or despise us does not matter whether they praise us or not we don't care we serve god whether people honor us or despise us whether they slander us or praise us we are honest uh, but they they call us imposters (laughs) remember like i said uh Paul was heavily resisted, especially by the Jews who felt that he was trying, he was converting most Jews, okay? Was converting them into, into in quotes, um, they called it a, a sect, yes, a sect of, of rioters. That was what they were accusing them as. And I can't find any time when, where Paul was the one that caused, that started the riot or joined in in the riot. But they were calling them a sect. Okay? So, very important. Because of what Paul was doing and achieving, you know, there were no praises for him. So, Paul tells us again and again that, look, they lived, they, they lived close to death. See, they were honest, but they called, they called them imposters. We are ignored, even though we are well known. Since we live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, uh, but we have not been killed. Uh, God, of course, promised Paul that, look, they will not be able to kill you. You until you have preached this message I am sending you. Paul says, verse 10, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Okay? Even though our hearts ache, we always have joy. We are poor, but we, we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Hallelujah. 11. Oh, dear Corinthians friends, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. Okay? Remember, I, I mentioned what happened when, during the period when Paul wrote that first letter and, and the strong rebuke he gave to the Corinthian church. And I, like I said, in right by the time he's writing his second letter, some of the drag from that first, from that first letter, are still there. Paul is still addressing it. That look, we opened ourselves up to you. We were sincere. You are the ones who are not sincere. He says our hearts were open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us in comparing us with other people. And trying to paint other people as better than us. He says, I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts 
open your hearts to hearts. Hallelujah. Verse 14, Paul talks about the temple being, we being the temples of the, of the living God. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Paul is not saying that we should not have anything to, to do with unbelievers, okay, or those who don't, uh, who don't know God. We would have to leave this world for, to achieve that, okay? So, Paul is saying, don't team up with them, okay? Don't team up with them. Your values will clash. Yes, your values will clash. Your values will be out of order because of what you stand for. You will realize that you will be having problems. Is it what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? None. I can answer that one. How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? It shouldn't be. And what union can there be between God's temple and an idols? I can tell you again, none. Since for we are the temples of the living God, as God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and and they will be my people. That's you can find that Leviticus chapter 26, verse 12, and Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 27. God Himself promised, I will live in them. So God is living in you today. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God, the Spirit of God, is living inside you. So carry yourself with that consciousness. Remember when the Spirit of God would come. The first time the Spirit of God came into the temple, the temple of Solomon. Remember how powerful that was. Okay? And the Bible says that even the ministers could not, they could not stand to minister. That same Spirit is inside you. Okay? It might not look like all cloudy and smoke and vapor, you know, and the blowing of trumpets. But the Holy Spirit is inside you. Okay? It says... God promised, I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Come out of um, among unbelievers. Why? Because you are, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says, and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Remember, always read this in the context of what Paul is addressing. Paul is not saying that we should avoid unbelievers and not have anything to do with unbelievers. No, the Corinthian church had totally messed and mixed things up. They have allowed unbelievers into their midst who had begun to influence them. Just like how Balaam showed Balak how to take down the children of Israel. Okay, just influence them with, with women who led them into sexual immorality and then they began to worship idols. The same thing was happening here to the Corinthian church. And so Paul is saying, don't have anything to do with these unbelievers. They are leading you astray. That is the reason why he's addressing it's going to eat food offered unto idols. When somebody invites you, okay, he's not inviting you to come and watch a football match. It's not inviting you to come to their home to come see a movie together and for you guys to just chat. Okay, what is inviting you to do is to come and is to, to visit a temple shrine where you guys will eat food offered unto idols, or for you to come and partake in something that you know will violate your conscience. Paul says, Don't have anything to do with such people. Why? You are the temples of the of God. Therefore, 
Paul says 17, Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my son and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. Of course, you find that in Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 14. So, in other words, as believers, we must realize that there are expectations for us. God expects, expects us to live in a certain way. We can't just live however, however we like, okay? Okay, God expects us to be the light of this world, to be the source of the earth. Remember that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The way you live should be very different, should be different from that of an unbeliever. Hallelujah. All right, let's move on to Second Corinthians chapter 7. It says, because we have these promises, dear friends, uh, let us cleanse ourselves. This promise that God made that, look, we are his temple. He would not leave us. He would walk with us. It is because we have these promises, dear friends. Let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us walk towards complete holiness because we love God. Okay? Because we fear God. Sorry. We walk in com- towards complete holiness. Towards. Okay? We are always in the process working out our holiness. As we walk towards holiness, we do this because we fear God. Okay? Paul says, let us do this because we have this promise from God. He says, please open your hearts to us. We have not done, we have not done wrong to anyone. Nor let anyone astray not taking advantage of anyone. I'm not saying this to condemn you. I said before that you are in our hearts and we live or die together with you. Paul says we have not done anything. We have not tried to steal anything from you. We did not take advantage of you. In fact, if anything, we took care of ourselves. We paid for our own food. We worked with our own hands. Paul says we have not done any wrong to you and we have not tried to take advantage of you. We did not try to lead anybody anybody astray. Okay, and Paul is trying to get them to understand. Look, we're not condemning you, but please listen to us. Open your hearts. Open your hearts to us. Verse 4, I have the highest confidence in you, and I take great pride in you. You have greatly encouraged me and made me happy despite all our troubles. Hallelujah. Next, Paul talks about, you know, the joy at at the church, at the Corinthians church repentance. Since when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every side, every direction, with battles on, on the outside and fears on the inside. But God, who encouraged those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. Remember that Paul sent, sent during the period when they were going to Macedonia, Paul sent Titus to the Corinthians, and I think that was where where the first the first letter would have gone would have gone to them. Okay, so it was while they were in Macedonia, Paul himself had planned to have to have gone. The intention was for Paul to go himself instead of writing for the uh, first Corinthians, but because he could not go and he still wanted to go to Macedonia, he had planned that oh yes, when we are coming back from Macedonia, I will come again. I will go, I will visit the Corinthians, but none of the two took place. 
And so I get, I'm thinking the people were offended. And so Paul sends Titus to them. If you know, uh, the closest people to, to, to Paul were three. Sil- Silas, Timothy, and Titus. Okay? So Paul sends Titus to them to encourage them, to tell them, look, I, you guys are in my half. And that's what Paul is trying to say here. He says, but God who encourages those who are discouraged. Are you not glad about that? That God is able to encourage you when you are discouraged. He says, encourage us by the arrival of Titus. His presence, his presence was a joy. But so was the news he brought of the encouragement he received from you. When he told us how much, how much you longed to see us. And how sorry you are for what happened. And how loyal you are to me. I was filled with joy. I am not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful for you uh, to you for a little while. Now I am glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have, so you were not harmed by horse in any way okay you we call this godly sorrow the sorrow that provokes you to godly living okay it's it's that's that kind of sorrow is fine it is for the kind of sorrow god wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation there's no regret regret for that kind of sorrow but worldly sorrow yeah there's a different kind of sorrow that i'm telling you i see a lot of times in the church Okay, I see a lot of time in the church where we lead, we allow somebody fall into so much sorrow and then they backslide and they leave the church. This is but worldly sorrow which lacks repentance results in spiritual death. 11. says, just see what this godly sorrow produced in you. Such earnestness, such concern to clear yourself, such indignation, such alarm, such longing to see me such zeal and such a readiness to punish wrong you showed that you have done everything necessary to make things right my purpose then was not to write about who did the wrong or who was wronged i wrote to you so that in the sight of god you could see for yourself how loyal you are to me we have been greatly encouraged by this hallelujah in addition to our encouragement we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was about the way all of you welcomed him and set his mind at ease. Because Paul was wondering, ah, this church that we labored so much for, what am I hearing? Eh? You were comparing us with other people, saying that we are not apostles because, you know, we, we didn't make so much demands of them. Ah, 14. I, I had told him how proud I was of you and you didn't disappoint me. I have always told you the truth, and now my boasting to Titus has also proved true. Now he cares for you more than ever when he remembers the way all of you obeyed him and welcomed him with such fear and deep respect. I am very happy now because I have I have complete confidence in you. Hallelujah. Alright, let's stop here today, even though we could easily I've taken um, chapter chapter eight. Uh, but um, what lessons can we take from here today? I think the most powerful lesson would have to be the fact that we are God's temples, right? Yes, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
you have to always remember that that God has set you aside for himself just like the temples were were consecrated were set apart for for God you have been set apart for for God you belong to God so Paul says here separate yourself from things that defile things that encourages you to sin things that you know uh, makes you look like an unbeliever separate yourself from them and i know that god will bless us as we do his word in jesus name all right let's thank god as we go today father we thank you for the privilege to be your temples thank you lord because you live inside of us and because you live in in us lord there is glory in us your life will be shown uh, will shine from inside of us and lord we will bring praise and glory to your name in the mighty name of jesus i pray this morning that lord you will give us this understanding okay give us this understanding that we are your temples give us this the grace to live as your temples so that each day lord we will carry ourselves as your temples in the mighty name of jesus i pray lord this morning that you will be glorified in the life of everyone listening in this morning in the name of jesus as your temples we will be your habitation who will be the place where people will encounter god in the mighty name of jesus father we bless you and we give you all the glory in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day